This podcast is made possible by Sage People and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Robbie Spreckman, CFO of Fierce Brands, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 421. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. On this episode, we feature four finance leaders turned CEO. That's right. We feature four CFOs that crossed the C-suite and stepped inside the CEO office. How did they get there? What propelled them beyond finance? We let the four former CFOs supply the answers after these words from our sponsor. Hello, Jack here. I have a message for you from the folks at Sage People. Decisions about your people should be driven by data. But is your HR department still using spreadsheets to keep track of your people? It's time to move to cloud. Understand what makes your employees tick. Know your best performers or determine absence trends. All with a cloud HR and people system. Sage People empowers organizations to respond quickly and easily to changing priorities in today's shifting world of work. It means you can make sure your workforce is able to adapt while staying connected and engaged wherever they are. Discover how to get instant insights at your fingertips. Visit us today at sageintech.com forward slash sage dash people. So our first finance leader turned CEO is Jim Klein, who is today CEO of Trex Company, a manufacturer of composite decking and railing. Trex is a $640 million company today, and Jim's door of entry into Trex was the CFO office. Our interview begins with Jim responding to my question regarding his arrival at Trex. I came on board in 2008, uh, as you mentioned, as CFO. I had a relationship uh, with the uh, CEO of Trex uh, from a prior uh, uh, work environment, and uh, we worked well together. Uh, we were undergoing a turnaround at Trex. He invited me to join him and uh, uh, gave me a great opportunity to uh, step into that role. Uh, as he started to transition out uh, of the uh, position of CEO, uh, the board came to me and asked if I was interested in uh, being considered for the CEO uh, position. I said, absolutely. I was excited about it. And uh, fortunately, I was successful in, in gaining their support. Now, you mentioned a turnaround. What was broken? Uh, we, we had difficulties when we came on board with basic financial and manufacturing controls. Um, uh, one example, uh, the organization allowed virtually anybody to place purchase orders for any price whatsoever. I had 150 people that could write a purchase order for any amount 
everything from a secretary up to a vice president. Um, that's not the types of controls we were used to in our prior life and therefore felt that needed to be changed. In the production environment, a little bit different. Uh, the, the people on the production line had the ability to change operating parameters, such as the speed of the line, the pressure on the line, uh, and in some cases, the level of poly or, or wood that comes into the line. We were much more used to a controlled environment, so we had a much more consistent product. So very quickly, we migrated to a much more controlled environment, and I think it served the company quite well after we reached that, uh, that level. Did that uh, control environment uh, involve the adoption of new technologies, or are you speaking of something different? No, it really wasn't new technologies. It was basically taking what they were doing today and just working with people to understand that consistency is your friend. If you want to have a product of high quality, you can't constantly be changing the operating parameters. And so we tightened those operating parameters working directly with the guys on the production line so they could understand why it was important and engaging them in the process. So it, uh, it was really a change of mindset and approach to how the business should be run. Very often, uh, CFOs are known as problem solvers. You know, they, they put a problem under their lens and they, they look for solutions to provide solutions to it. But how do you look at business? And I'm, I'm curious as whether, you know, you, you as, a, as a finance leader were similar or, but reflect a little for us on what your approach to the business is. Uh, cer certainly, I believe that, uh, you know, as, as a CFO and throughout my career, identifying opportunities is, is always come relatively easy to me. I like a great puzzle. I like a great mystery. I'm always trying to solve Who's going to do it and what are they going to do it with? Um, and in business, it's looking at what's happening in the organization and sensing uh, through experience what's going to be the result. Uh, a good example is if you're walking through a manufacturing facility, any, anyone who's spent any time in a manufacturing facility can tell whether it's running well or not. Uh, one simple thing you can look at is housekeeping. If it's cluttered. If there is dust all over the place, you can pretty much tell that it's not running the way it should be. So there's a number of key learnings that you pick up along the way that I think help you discern that uh, that type of thing. Okay, has this company to, uh, grown through acquisition? Uh, Trex has made two acquisitions: one very small one a few years ago, and just this past year, almost 12, 12 months ago. Uh, we acquired a commercial railing company called SC Company. It was about $70 million in sales. Did one of those acquisitions get completed during your CFO tenure um, and this other one followed it? Or give, give us a sense of the timing. Yes, the one was completed while the CFO was very small. It was a couple million dollars, so really immaterial to the company. The, the acquisition of SC Companies was uh, done just one year ago, so it was – while I was CEO, and the, the move was to gain exposure into the commercial architectural um, uh, market. We had very little exposure in that as, as a company. We were primarily 
just uh, residential. And so we wanted to expand into that area. Uh, the benefits we've seen have been um, we've been able to take some of their technology to develop new consumer products. And because of our mass production capabilities, we've been able to take some of our products and begin to develop a new product line for them, which will enable them to be much more cost competitive in the future. When it comes to growing Trex over the next 12 months, what are your priorities? Well, our, our priority is focusing on taking share from wood. If we can move one percentage point from wood to wood composites, that's worth about $50 million in sales. So we are very, very focused on that. Uh, as I mentioned, we don't focus specifically on other wood plastic composite manufacturers because we believe the wood is a much better opportunity for both us and, and the other manufacturers of wood plastic composite. That's how we've, we've grown the business over the last couple of years. We see that as a great opportunity for the next several years. Our next finance leader turned CEO is Roger Varon, CEO of Staubley North America. Now, Roger was the obvious choice, I think you'll agree after you hear his career background and story, to become Staubley North America's next CEO. He certainly uh, paid his dues, but he came up the ranks as a traditional finance leader would. Here's Roger. to get a job with KPMG, and I was assigned to the uh, Geneva office. So I moved to Geneva, Switzerland, and I worked there for about four years. I uh, had a great time, and one thing very important is I learned French while I was over there. After my four years there, I was transferred to Houston, Texas with KPMG and worked another two years there. Uh, after that, I decided that I need to come back to South Carolina, and I worked for a large uh, textile plastics manufacturer. And then out of the blue, I was contacted by a headhunter, and the headhunter said, uh, we're looking, we have a small European company that is looking for a financial person, but by any chance, do you speak French? And I think at the time, I was maybe the only guy in Greenville, South Carolina, that spoke French that was a chief financial officer. And I had an interview with Stobley, and I was offered the job basically on the spot. So it really worked out that my background in finance, as well as my languages, really helped me obtain this job with Stobley. And that job was as Stobley's uh, CFO, which you then hold for the next 20 years. In fact, up to only about two years ago, your your resume resembled that of many CFOs, uh, That, with, with the exception of your tour of duty in Switzerland, perhaps. But when you returned from Europe, you were an audit manager at KPMG. You then became a controller, and then you, uh, you, you switched. You jumped to a CFO role at the, at the plastics company you mentioned. And... Um, from there, you, of course, were recruited to Stobley. 
where you took on the CFO role, a role you would have until about 2015, when, of course, you became the CEO. So here you have what is a very traditional CFO resume, and when we would not necessarily have expected uh, to include a CEO chapter. So uh, that's our question, I guess. How? Uh, tell us how you became a, a CEO. Yeah, I, th- I think what's very important, especially in my case, was when I was man- when I was with KPMG, I worked specifically with manufacturing companies, and I became very involved as, of how things worked. And I not only talked with financial people at these companies. I like to talk to the engineers and the project managers and the salespeople and just get a better feel for how the company works in total, not just the financial part. And that helped me when I went to the plastics company in Greenville, and I became kind of the CFO there, but I've got more of a management role, and I worked very closely with the production managers. And I just took a lot of interest in learning really the whole business. And then when I came with Stobley, um, we were a very small company. Back in that time, we only had about 35 people and 30,000 square feet. Uh, today, we got 230 people and about $120 million in sales. So we've made some nice growth. But during that whole time, I'm very involved in all the decisions of the company. I was out on the floor every day, probably twice a day, talking to the people out there. I talk to salespeople, I go to production meetings, and all that gives you a good feel for all the parts of our company. And Stabler is a very complicated company. We have three divisions and many different product lines. And after doing that for about uh, 20 years, they decided that when one of the family members who was running Stabler at that time went back to Europe, that I had the background to uh, – to run Stobley Corporation. Wow! So there, there, there it is. That's the, um, you know, you've crossed the Rubicon. <laughs> so many finance leaders never, uh, you know, find the path to do that or are not motivated to do it. Uh, they themselves might see their role uh, as a leader differently. Now, did you hire a, another finance leader? Did you bring another finance leader in, or bring someone up as you uh, migrated over to the CEO role? Sure. Uh, I've hired a, uh, a CFO to take my place. Now my function is a little bit more on the sales side and representing the company at different trade shows and talking with customers. So I got a CFO that I thought had those same characteristics, and I explained to him that it's not just a finance business. You've got to understand all the aspects of our company and I think he's got a little bit in his mind that when I retire one day, maybe he'll have the opportunity. What about for yourself? And, again, you've, you've really given us a, a good sense of how you learned the business. But let's face it, uh, CEO leadership is different. And there, you must be in some way trying to discipline yourself not to be the finance leader but to be the overall leader. I, I don't really look at it that way. I look at it a little bit different. I, I would say – that my CFO leadership makes me a better CEO because now when I hear different things, whether we expand the product line, whether we deal with certain customers, I can take my background as a CFO and I probably see a little bit more pitfalls and pluses than the normal person would. So 
I, I don't consider that. Uh, I almost consider it a big plus having a CFO background. And really, when I talk to my colleagues in Europe and from my bosses over there, I think that they appreciate that I have a financial background to tie in with my representing the company and sales and growing the business, basically. Our next finance leader turned CEO is Art Barter, CEO of Daytron Communications of San Diego. Uh, One way to become uh, CEO is to buy the company. That's exactly what Art did way back when. But first, he climbed the ranks as a finance leader. Here's Art. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, I I love to build things. And uh, when I got out of college, uh, I worked at Disney through college and was going to go into the finance group there. And, you know, Disney's a great company. And what uh, frustrated me there was it was slow to get ahead. And you basically had to wait in line for positions to open up. And nobody leaves Disney very often. Most of the time they retire or they hang on long enough to where they pass away uh, or get promoted. And so I left there looking for something different and went to work for a manufacturing company uh, in Irvine, California. And what I discovered was I love to build things. You know, I always helped my dad out in the garage building things, working on cars, doing all this, this, this stuff around the house. And I found out I loved to build things. And the first manufacturing company was an electronics manufacturer that built specialized printers. And I had two gentlemen there. One um, headed up the machine shop. He taught me everything he knew about the machine shop business, how to make things, um, how equipment worked how to run a shop effectively. And then the head of the electronics group took me under his wing and taught me everything about electronics. And so I know enough about manufacturing, engineering to be dangerous is what I like to tell people, but don't put me on the line to build anything because you're not going to get very good products if you ask me to build it. Cause that's not, that's not my gift. But when I made that transition from finance to operations, I was working for a manufacturing company. They asked me to take over operations. And what I learned in that transition in finance, I could basically do anything that needed to get done. I could work six, seven days a week. I could do anything required. When I took over operations, what I found out was I didn't have a gift to build product. And I had to learn how to inspire and equip people to build product in the time frame we needed it built to meet customer demand. And that's when I started to learn about leadership was really about how do I get people to work on the product they need to work on and the time frame they need to work on to serve the customer. And um, I'm so thankful I had the opportunity to go to work in operations because if I hadn't done that, I probably would still be a CFO today. I wouldn't have gotten out of my shell to really learn about relationships with people and dealing with people and um, learning more about the business And so that's what started me to learn about the business. And from there, I always, it created a desire to me to run a company. I always wanted to run a company. I always thought I'd run a division of a larger company. Um, Never thought I'd get the opportunity to buy a company, but, you know, sometimes we're not in control of what happens. And so um, I had the opportunity to buy Daytron and, and, and took the plunge. And so, that's where I, how I made the transition from finance into operations. 
I became a much more visionary type leader um, and learned that my purpose was really helping people by building things. And that's what I really love to do. And the finance world helps me understand the business side of things that I think is a very interesting combination for me. It's no secret that operations is the pathway that CFOs today go down when they want to broaden their roles and bring greater value to their organizations. It should be no surprise that the three finance leaders turned CEO we just featured used operations as their pathway to the CEO office. We have one more finance leader turned CEO for you after these words from our sponsor. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. Our next finance leader turned CEO is Bruce Jaffe of Donuts, Inc., a company specializing in innovative digital ID solutions or domains today. To be fair to Bruce, his career is one of business development with a strong grounding in finance. He, in fact, was CFO of Microsoft's MSN division. He could have gone one of a number of different paths, but certainly the finance leader route was one of the ones he took a pass on. Here's how Bruce explained his career path. You know, I've always been financially oriented, and as so I started my career in finance, um, I've always also at the same time been entrepreneurial and looked at how do I grow a business, scale a business, and, uh, and manage that process. And so I spent a lot of my time as CFO, but also in uh, corporate development and in business development and, and building strategic partnerships. Um, and in doing that, uh, you know, I've always, uh, you know, I've been a, a student of CEOs, of general managers, I've had operational roles, and uh, the, the opportunity to be CEO was, was something I thought about in, in the past, and when I had a chance to do this, it was quite natural to step into that role. So was there a direct line uh, between Microsoft and Donuts, or what uh, was in between? Well, actually, I left Microsoft. Uh, I took some time off, and then the, I was actually recruited by some venture capitalists who asked me to assist them in a project they had down in the Valley. And so I took over that role. Uh, even that was uh, the title uh, was CFO, but it was, it was a broader uh, set of uh, uh, of roles uh, that was, of course, the core CFO activities, uh, but there was also uh, strategic uh, 
uh, initiative that was partnering with uh, the CEO. There was business operations, so it was a pretty much a threat type of role. Uh, but like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't out soliciting something. Something uh, came to me. And, and for me, that's, that's uh, you know, part of the career. Sometimes I'm out looking for jobs, and sometimes I'm not, and it comes to me, and that's been a nice, uh, a, a nice balance. For those finance professionals that are interested in broadening uh, their skill sets or their experiences, is there some advice you can offer? You know, what I, what I focus on for folks who are trying to develop their career in finance and move that more broadly is a number of things. One, of, one is, what are you really good at? And for me, uh, I thought I was pretty good at the core nuts and bolts of finance. Uh, but I also found that I had a knack for thinking strategically. I had a knack for writing and communicating uh, my ideas and my thoughts. I had a knack for being able to synthesize uh, business opportunities and make decisions when people brought to me different things that needed to, to be thought through. And so I kind of looked at all of that and said, that works for finance, but it also works for other elements. So my advice to folks is, you know, yes, you can you can hone and you can build skills, but it's a whole lot easier when you're focused on the things that you're actually naturally good at. Some folks in finance uh, are, are destined to be excellent, excellent finance leaders, and that's great. And some are, you know, naturally going to branch out. Uh, and so I think it's really about being self-aware and knowing where your skills are and honing those and not trying to, to do something that's a little bit harder and unnatural. If, if a Fortune uh, 500 company had approached you for a uh, CFO role, would you have expressed any interest? I was called a lot, and so in the end, and I always said no. It was not something that I felt would be, frankly, would be in their best interest or my best interest. And uh, I have a fantastic CFO now, and, and every day I look at at, at, uh, at him and I think, wow, he is really, really good, and I'm glad I'm in my seat and he's in his. Thought Leader listeners, whether you've already ascended into the ranks of finance leaders or have only just begun the journey, your professional narrative needs a reboot. Join our email list at cfothoughtleader.com and receive my latest email series, Finance and the Power of Narrative. It's time to mobilize the past to achieve your goals. Thank you for listening.